Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 37. Uh, so without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. All right, guys. You have one day until the garden party. Uh, and none of you know about Audrey's little encounter with Bastet. <laughs> so it's the next morning, we'll say. I meet Patrick outside the club, since I'm not a member. And he can take me in. Oh, you're finally here. Come in, come in. Oh, good morning, Patrick. How did you sleep? Oh, pretty well, actually, considering everything that's going on. Are you okay? I uh, I had the uh, gentlest night's sleep I uh, have had in some time. Hmm. feel quite rested. Excellent. Um, have you spoken to the lads? Are they all inside? They're in there. I believe they're having some coffee. Um, we, we need to see if we could get an extra ticket to this event. Right, or two, depending. Um, you know, one complete absentee or, or two um, open-ended ones. Uh, I, you know, I assume that you'll be my uh, plus one. Thank you. So we need to find someone for Islewood and someone for Fuller. Oh, they're sitting right over there. You see him. Very good. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, I wonder if uh, what's the fellow's name here? The uh, the you know the 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 butler. Yes, the chap Sykes is his name. Sykes. Um, yes. I wonder if he, we were, Patrick and I were talking about finding tickets to the garden party for you gents. Mm. Uh, as I suspect that all four of us at least should be there. I wonder if Sykes ha would have any way of corralling members of the club that had, uh, you know, who are out of town or under the weather or don't have someone to take to the event. Well, I'm here's... Asking. Here's but the question. Nobody had anything on my end. Here's the question. What's the likelihood that we would have already had an invitation? I, I mean, know you, you didn't get an invitation, so. I don't know why they'd invite me. I suspect that, you know, it's um, that I. Uh, received one because of the combination of my uh, uncle's position and my work at the museum. But they are, uh, you know, they're, they're dear objects and hard to come by for most. Well, it doesn't hurt to ask. You rang, sir. We were wondering if you have the skinny on uh, this garden party tomorrow. Is there any members of the club that are going that are short a plus one? Hmm. Um, I haven't heard so. 
Well, if you could be a good sir and ask around for us, then we'll ask around also. Well, I'm not sure, sir, that that would be proper. It is an invitation-only event. Um, one doesn't exactly ask for somebody else's invitation. It's uh, got a point. It would be a little bit rude. I'll see. Yes. I'll see what I can do. If I hear of anyone, then I can inform you, and perhaps you can approach them directly. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Any other ideas, gentlemen and lady? Hmm. Well, if there's 30,000 people there, and some of those people are the underclass, I find it hard to believe that we would have an issue getting a ticket from someplace. We could possibly go buy one off of the poor people. No, don't think that would be feasible. You don't think that some working stiff wouldn't take, you know, 10 pounds for one? Well, question for the GM. Are they under the person's name directly? Yes, they've got that's, your name written on them. That's what I thought. You might be able to buy your plus one position. Uh, in, in terms of the... Um, well, they're not going to check your IDs. Okay. You know. In terms of Hoi Ploy, who received tickets, is that because of newspaper giveaways or something? No, no, no. no. They receive them because the king or queen... Uh, is recognizing them for a job well done uh, during the last year. This happens twice a year. Still does. Yeah. So, so it's employees, uh, it, people, you know, in the civil service who've done an outstanding job will get an invitation and people who, you know, have worked for 20 years will get an invitation and things like that. And it's the common man's big chance to mix with royalties. That's so that's exactly yeah. So it's not if there are, if there are other aristocrats there, it's for something that they've done. And there were heroes and retirees and yeah, I see. Right, right, and very so, likely now, Audrey, you got one. It's very likely for your work on the uh, during in the British Museum on the. Uh, the new Assyrian collection that's going to be on display. There may be other people in the museum as well. You can you can almost guess for sure that that uh, what's his name uh, Tom Campbell Price. Can, Campbell. Yeah, that he's going to have one because he's he's a big shot right now in the in the news. And his love of parties, he's going to love that. Um, I'm surprised that Patrick doesn't have his own. Um, yeah, that's odd. Well, it might... Last year I got one and I never showed up. And how I often... never received one again. How far ahead of this party do they send these tickets out to? Maybe a month. Wow. I'm just I wondering. Know. I don't know the real answer. I'm just wondering. I can't remember the guy's name. But the... Uh, the guy from the um, museum that got killed, you know, the tree, got thrown into the tree and killed. Yeah. 
wonder if he got an invitation and it's laying on a table someplace there. Wasn't he the guy from uh, the Wentworth Club? That was Peter Reverend Price. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Are, are there male cubbies at the Wentworth Club? I mean, I guess his would have been reassigned well, by now office, anyway. So it would have gone directly to his office, would it not? Well, except he doesn't really have an office. Probably anything that was his would have been forwarded back to his residence. Or, true, true, true. However, you all know where his residence is. Worth the shot. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and on top of that, we could go to the house and look, and I could also put a call into the museum to see, hey, who else is going, who's going to the garden party? And maybe I can get a, oh, John Smith's going, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what. Since it's not really that important, um, each of you, well, let's see. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, Fuller and uh, Eilwen do a luck roll to see if over the course of the next three or four hours you track somebody down. 15. 20. All right. So we'll say that you, you manage to, uh, there's somebody who's very sick at the club and they can't go and they're friends with uh, Munden and they say you know, perhaps you can go and represent us there. Munden. Oh absolutely yes quite. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Um, if I could do the same for you later I, I will. I will. Yes. <laughs> Let's see if you can save the world. <laughs> uh, you know another point, another point would be should we all go if something happens there, wouldn't it be beneficial to have someone who was not in the middle of it? Oh, Hiding at home. <laughs> if they get to the king, it's game over. And I don't mean game, I mean at the end of the world. So within a matter of months. I find it hard to believe that the king has that much freaking power. Over the British the Empire, the largest empire in the whole uh, world. The sun never sets on the British Empire. All you got to do is have a, declare war in a couple countries, and it's World War II. Well, the British Empire is not what it used to be. Now, it's we lost those damn Americans. No, but we're also. Uh, I, I believe, uh, Mr. Albright, we're taking into consideration the text of the prophecy itself, which describes the age of Naboo coming across, you know, the whole of the earth and uh, right. um, intrusion into this sphere of young Sothoth. So I think, um, you know, I don't think a bunker will suffice under those circumstances. Well, we got time before this uh, event. I want to go and get a sword cane. They shouldn't be too hard to find. I'm sure there's one sitting in um, Felix's house somewhere. Yeah, because I mean, we're not going to be able to go in with guns. I'd like to have something. I think we might be able to, because I don't remember them ever patting people down. I wouldn't try and draw it out unless it was literally the end of the world, but. Yeah, but if they saw you with a gun poking through your jacket or something. True. We all, you, 
you'd be throw, you'd, you'd end up in the black tower for the rest of your life. Probably. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering if we do come across these, the, whatever, do we destroy the seal? What are we planning on doing anyway? We're talking all about finding them, but what the heck are we going to do when we find them? That's well, the preferable thing is to cause a ruckus and make the people take the king away before he gets to touch the seal. That would be right. the safest. But are we rid of the seal? Right. Is that what, what our plan is? What's yes, our I would say so. That's what I would do in this and everything points to the seal being the uh, seat of Naboo's power. Because I have rid a, of it. Right. I have a feeling that what went on in the church might go on in the, the, the gardens. So we might not need to find them. Shit might all of a sudden start erupting and then we need to re react. Crap. Well, very quiet, but you never know. That, that church was kind of a mess from what we I heard. think. I think that the first thing we need to decide is do we believe that to transfer Naboo, the person must physically touch the seal, or do we believe that the seal just is part of a magic spell? Perhaps both. In well, any case, in proximity with the person. Here's the thing is, if we assume that the king would have to physically touch the seal, it should be no problem keeping the king from touching it. If we're within proximity to it, we just yell out, that's poison, you know, something like that. I'm kind of thinking that the guards are not going to let him take a chance. But if the... be a little more subtle about that. If the seal just has to be in his vicinity... Now we've got a problem, a bigger I'm, problem. I'm thinking it's the latter, like you just said. I think it might be a vicinity thing. Because how many people were affected in the church? 10, 12? Oh, they were, you know, they were, they were fatalities and a number of people carted off to Bedlam. Right. They now, feel like it was a full house. They didn't pass it hand to hand, I don't think. We really should have followed up with Bedlam. To find out what had happened. There also was the question of what happened to the hymnals at the church, but that also suggests an effect over distance. If if you know the presence of whatever rite or ritual was enacted could change the physical printing inside the hymnals of the church, then it seems to be you know that sounds like a, a, a broadly cast effect. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. And if that's the case, we might need to locate him. He's right. We might need to locate him before he could do that area of effect. There's some way we could find them before even the garden party. I mean, that would per perhaps be our, our most to our most advantage. We could break the seal at that time. What do we know about Elphinstone's? What else do we know? You You got cut off there. Um, Elphinstone's appearance. What do we know about it? Um, he's a uh, tall and thin. He wears beard, glasses. Beard, mustache, salt and pepper hair, well dressed, green eyes. That's going to describe quite a few people that are going to be at the garden party. 
Yeah, that's not. Uh, wait, wait, and we know nothing about what Myrtle Everett looks like. Is that correct? Only that she's very pretty. Well, we do we do have the advantage now. Granted, this is all a proximity issue, but we do have the advantage of even if the king does not have to touch the seal, the seal's going to have to be pulled out, kind of presented for you know spell type things like that. I mean, and if that's the case, if we're if we're armed. We can shoot at him. Yes, we're going to spend the rest of our lives in jail. But, I mean, if we're loyal to the crown, small price to pay. Mm. Now, what if Elphinstone comes up with a gift for the king and hands it to him? You know? I, I refresh uh, my memory. I had something written down, left eyeball. I don't recall why I wrote that down. Uh Naboo is often depicted with his left eyeball missing. There we go. Um, Patrick, do an intelligence roll. All of you who are English do uh, 14 out of 90. So that is extreme. That's pretty good. 87. Extreme. Nope. Extreme uh, 23. Yeah. It's proto you, you would know that it's protocol. People do give gifts to the royals. It's not normal that the royal would receive it physically himself. There would be a minister there who, you know, would take it. Right. Actually, I actually uh, read something about this before. Now, I don't know if this was back then, but today they cannot accept personal gifts that it goes to the crown and then it gets sold at auction for something like that. I don't know, but they don't get to be able to keep personal they don't, things. They don't get to keep them. No, but they would accept them because out of honor. Yes, but I don't, I don't think they would them. be physically touching them or be doing, dealing with them. It's probably a table there, which you uh, give it. Of course table, the king can do whatever he wants. So, right. Remember, I'm these just people... wondering if there's not a way we can we can track down Elphinstone before all this mess so that we can have him at our disposal. Well, we only have less than a day, so if you have any ideas, let's execute it now. Well, what did we get from the... Did we get any uh, information from the lady in charge of his uh, dog uh, when he where he was and when he'd return? I think we came to the conclusion that we, she wouldn't see him until after the event. Okay. Mm so she didn't mention anything about where he went off to. He said a trip, right? Business trip or something? She didn't know. She didn't know. I imagine he's cloistered himself away getting his evil little ducks in a row. More than oh. likely. Hmm. Or we would have found him at his house. So, but we could break into his house and at least see if he's got any pictures, so we know what he looks like. Well, we don't know where Elphinstone's house is. We do. Yes, yeah, we do. In there. Elphinstone. The big dog. Yeah, he has yes. the big dog. You couldn't get in. You're not to Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking that was somebody else's house for some reason. Yes, quite. Yeah, but we... the large canine presumably is still in residence. Yes, except for did the wasn't it mentioned that, that the uh, lady next door uh, took it for walkies? 
twice. Yeah, I, I have no qualms about shooting a dog. Yeah, but if we wait till they take the dog for the walk and then somebody goes in and grabs a picture, if he has a picture. Maybe get some the, more information too. Yeah. To where his whereabouts are. Well, it also strikes me, you know, why isn't he at home? Is he doing some sort of preparatory ritual or incantation or retreat? It seems odd that he should ask uh, his neighbor to mind his animal. Why isn't he, you know, in bed resting up for the big event or going about his business as usual? He doesn't, mm. surely he shouldn't think that we're hounding him, no pun intended. Well, so is there some place we should rationally expect him to go in advance of his exploits? If he has to do some sort of magic ceremony, he wouldn't want to be disturbed and or have evidence in his house. I don't know too much about black magic or whatever. Well, that's the question. Like, where, where would he go? Where would he go? Is there a place that we should expect to find him? And is it, in fact, at the museum, Patrick? I was fixing to say, do you think it's possible he could go to the museum where the temple is? You know, we we might as well poke our nose around there. That would be a bad idea to go over there. Ask around, see if anybody's been nosing around the, the temple reconstruction. I mean, we could just walk in, see if there's anything peculiar. <laughs> we, we can ask also, but... Yeah, the, the museum's the one place we can walk into without being questioned. Particularly as we're supposed to be at work one of these days eventually anyway, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. We can also... Fight that urge not to meta. Check with the library and see if there was an elephant stone has a library card and if you checked out any esoteric books it's there you still, go. I, it's quite that's quite I'm an not, interesting idea i'm not sure that you check books out of the british museum hmm. well you know how they come to the reading room and give you the book you still gotta sign it out there might be another uh i think uh, you have to read it there with it. right right but you your name would still be on file, uh, David. You're on mute. There might be, or no, yeah, there might be a, a record of requests to look at titles. Right. But, you know. Especially on the older or esoteric books, because if there's something was damaged, they need to know who the last person handling the book would be. Indeed. Um, all right. Um, Patrick, do an idea roll. <clears throat> Oh, 14 again. That's cool. Um, okay, I'm just rolling, having you roll that so that I can ask you the question. What do you hope to gain from this knowledge? If he went there and checked out the Necronomicon and read it and put it back, what difference does it make? You're right. It's not like we have time to research into what he would have researched into. But I, what, the other thing I was thinking of is if he checked out maps or something. Maybe he, there was a location, but then again, it's just a map. It's not like he's going to probably be back Buckingham Palace. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like he's going to circle it either. I don't know where I was actually going. With to be, that. to be, well, I'll, I'll just say it to, uh, common sense would have you all know that 
there's thousands of people going to the British Museum. He is, could certainly be there. Um, the chance of you being there when he's there is pretty small. He could go to Buckingham Palace and take a tour. Um, yeah. He could scope the place out. All of those things are possible. There's a lot of things he could be doing. Um, I think, I don't recall, but I thought that the neighbors said that he was spending time with his lady friends. So they might've gone off somewhere, or at least that's probably what she thought. Right, mm -hmm. the cover story. Hey, you know, this is a stab in the dark, but. We have a lot of those. <laughs> these artifacts seem to have a proximity thing with them. What if we brought the Horn of Alu with us to the party? Perhaps he could sense that it was in the general area and come to us. The horn might have an auto defense against him too. Because if the horn was meant, I don't know. But you know what? It couldn't Already hurt to bring it. this ground. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. I just it. know that every time we've got the horn, stuff happens to everybody around it. Yeah. I'm going to vote to go stake out the house, let the dog take a walk and maybe we can get a picture or information from the inside of this house and then even one of us could stop and chat up the lady and keep her out for a while play with the dog if you don't bite us or whatever just buy an extra 10 minutes well and also i think the idea of going to the british museum to seeing if somebody's been nosing about and checking the library out because it is possible that if we find mr elphinstone under under uh under the records he may have a different uh domicile attached yeah. to it and yeah. we could look into that there's Let's, also the question of where myrtle everett lives if his neighbor was correct and he's spending his away time with her i'm sure there's a possibility we could find information for that at his residence and did we try and do a, a white pages yellow pages look up for or a operator for myrtle everett in london Yes, there wasn't one. There wasn't, right. There are lots of Everett's, however. So why don't we break up into two, since Audrey and myself are work at the library, the library and the museum are one, correct? Yes. We can go there, and you guys could go to the dog. And then we'll... The dog thing, not doing the dog. <laughs> right. And then, um, if you know anything, call us at the museum and the, one of the secretaries will get a message to us and if we're going to leave we'll leave a message there call Audrey's or my desk and we'll, somebody will get you the message if we found something and need to leave and then worst case we meet up here at blah 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 time hmm. Audrey any thoughts I feel as though there's something right under my nose that I'm not seeing. Yeah, me too. Same here. I wish there was some way we could control the uh, forces within the Horn of Alu and use it as a more of a guardian force than a offensive force. That well, there's a question. If, if we were to divide up, as Patrick suggests, will one of these groups go to the bank and retrieve the Horn of Alu? Do yes. we feel safer with it in our presence or away from it? As it, in the experience, as I understand it, Mr. Albright, it simply seems to be a 
you know, random force of destruction. Yes, I wouldn't want to have it near us as, mu as much as possible. I think that horn would be beneficial for us to take. Yes, but I'm sure we could uh, procure it before the party. In fact, if we had any artifact, it should go with us because, like I said, everything is proximity to these things. Whenever it's in the area, things happen. People notice. I mean, at this point, I'll take or use anything we can if it is, in fact, saving the entire planet. So it can't hurt. If, as much as I hate to say it, if something happens and it brings out that creature again and some civilians get hurt, but the world is saved, so be it. I think, and I don't want to say it, but I think we're doomed. We might save the world, but I think we're, us as a group is, nothing's ever going to be the same for us, good or bad. Well, I let's would say let's have a look at into uh, our various ends and then after we meet, we decide to whether or not to bring get the horn because we may discover information that uh, we'll need to be, shall we say, flexible with. As oh, I recall, you also you also spoke some with one of the children of tranquility uh, in, in jail. Um, I thought he told you something about the horn. I can't remember now. He described something about. He did. He did somewhat explain why it attacked Rayburn Price. Oh, that it needed to get charged up. I remember something about that. What charged it up? Proximity to people, and now it's been sitting in the in the vault. So we got to get it around people to recharge it. No, listen to what Audrey said. Oh, sorry, what? It it uh, it 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 needs dreams. It was when we fell asleep that it was uh, awakened. Well, I'm not we. I wasn't there. Right, right. Um, and it took the closest dreamer. It might even have compelled sleep to some extent because the way that it was described in the notes, it seemed as though uh, any effort to remain awake was thwarted and then it was unleashed. So um, if we are to try to employ it, it'll be necessary to retrieve it today so that it can be near dreamers or perhaps that's horrifically unsafe and it'll tear through London and cause as much strife as we fear will be caused by the ascendance of Nabu. Um, before we part, uh, gentlemen, there's something else that I um, am compelled to confess. You'll recall that we stashed the uh, Eye of Lamatsu in a, you know, a, a, at the back of a cabinet in the, in the cellar at the museum. It's not still there. I took it home. Um, and uh, 
you'll think you'll think it odd. Um, I could talk to cats, and cats can talk to me. Then summon us a cat army. Well, I don't know that um, an army like the one that you witnessed that that shredded um, that horrid woman and and um, your friend and others. That's something that I am capable of controlling or inviting even. Um, but imagine if all the cats of London descended on Buckingham Palace in the middle of the garden party. We would have eyes everywhere. We'd have cats everywhere. Uh, I saw some lion-like shadows tear a man to shreds. Um, and I wonder if those shadows could, um, well, you know, if that, if that, if that wretched church fellow could, could summon them, it's, it's conceivable that using the eye, uh, we could ask for their assistance. Well, I have an idea myself, but I think that it might be dangerous. So I'm willing to take on the, the job and keep you guys safe. What are you talking about? So we've determined that the Horn of Alu is charged by dreams. What if I was to go and spend the night at um, the hospital, the mental hospital. You've got all the patients there on medication which is going to give them wild dreams. It will charge up real quick. Failing that, a flop house where you've got a lot of people sleeping in the general proximity of the horn to charge it up. Because just the four of us, I don't know if we could dream enough to charge it in the amount of time we have left. Just a thought. Maybe I'm on the wrong path. It's it's right along with what you're saying, but maybe what you go to the garden party and sleep with it at the party. Yeah, but it would. It's being charged by people who are dreaming. If I'm the only one dreaming, mm. says I think that we would all find it rather hard to sleep knowing that our enemy is on the grounds. I don't think that um, we have a sense of the proximity of dreaming. It was at Rayburn Price's house that everyone was affected. That's one dwelling. I mean, it might be enough to carry the horn down a street full of tenements at night and let it just pick up, pick off bits of dreams as 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 it passes. I mean, we don't understand it. That works too. Like I said, is is a flop house or you know the hospital where you've got a lot of people in one proximity that you should be able to charge it up fairly quick. Now, Grant, we don't know what charging it up is actually going to do. I don't have the slightest clue about 
what charging it is going to accomplish for us. I'm looking at it from the point of view that everything seems to fall within the, paran uh, the, the diameter around this thing seems to attract everybody else, you know, and we have all these wild dreams and so forth and so on. If we walk into the party with this, doesn't have to be visible, but if we walk into the party with this, then Elphinstone is most likely going to sense it out, especially if he's now the embodiment of, you know, uh, Naboo. Well, and, and uh, to the best of our understanding at this point, these other relics uh, had a some capability of, of restraining the forests of or action of Naboo. Right? They were they were guarding it from. See, that's where I'm not sure. Was it guarding the Naboo in the coffin or was it warding people away from getting to the coffin? That's where I can't disseminate the facts. Perhaps both. You know, Audrey, right. if you were to bring all the cats there, that could be a way that we could attack Elphinstone without risking ourselves going to jail. You just put the mental thought in their heads to surround him so they're wandering around his feet and stuff like that. It's going to be very noticeable, probably off-putting to a lot of people, and none of us are implicated. Well, Audrey, can you actually do that, first of all? Uh uh, thank you, Patrick. I, to the best of my understanding, um, the ways in which uh, Church and Lewis used the the eye, they weren't entirely aware of what they were doing, um, and they have made an enemy of the uh, goddess Bast by presuming on on the on the potential of the eye. Um, as permission well as it happens Mr. Albright um, uh, the goddess uh, has a price regarding her cooperation uh, and that is that I should bring her the hearts of Ms. Mrs. Lewis and Mr. Church. So... Oh, that's not going to be easy. I considered the problem at length. Regard, regardless of the moral problem, which is considerable, the logistical issues also seem in, uh... Well, the last we knew, she was in the hospital, he was in jail. Yes. I think, as, as mad as this all is, I, I would think that if we employ any feline assistance, uh, having eyes on the ground there in the garden might be the best outcome for what little time and what little 
connection we have. We don't have much time. No, we have a, a, a little more than a day. Um, it isn't, uh, I think it's extremely unlikely that we should be able to manage to physically present the cat goddess any hearts. I, if nothing else, the fact that Philip Church is in prison um, he might be out of prison by now. I mean, they had no proof that he did anything. Well, I mean, they, they found bloodstains in his home after a man was murdered in his lawn. Um, again, I think that it might be in order to step um, down a level and see whether the eye can uh, bring me in contact with the Ugalos themselves. You know, and they, they murdered your friend on Philip Church's lawn just because he was peeved. Well, we also have to assume, I mean, I think it's presumptuous to think that we could get them to actually attack another god. Yes, indeed. But they might be willing to find a human. Uh... Elphinstone and, and his and his lady friend. Yes. I'm not even looking for that. I'm looking for the basic of base. I just want a lot of cats in the area to cause confusion and chaos. Mm. Well, you know, if we haven't found Elphinstone, retrieved or destroyed the seal by tomorrow. You know, I, I certainly will see what I can do, but we're trying to prevent the catastrophe rather than respond to it right now. Miss Lycaster, something's coming to my mind here. Um, I'm not up on my Egyptology or my Egyptian gods, but is a uh, best one for riddles? Um. I want to say, first of all, thank you all for uh, not immediately phoning for the authorities and calling me to be carried away in a wagon. I guess you've seen enough to take me at my word when I say such mad things. Mm. Um, the, uh, the experience that I had of meeting the goddess was um, not playful. Um, She's, uh, she presented herself to me as changeable, mysterious, somewhat disinterested in our species, uh, particularly as she's disappointed that we no longer worship her actively. Hmm. I do not think that she would be engaged in a game, even if you dangled a bit of fish on a line of yarn yes quite well i'm probably mad to just even suggest this but 
those those two that uh, defiled her. They were cat fanciers and breeders, yes? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. It was the pettiness that offended her. Yes, yes, quite. And, um, well, the whole pettiness was centered in, in the cats, yet was it not? It was about, about the cats? It was about their relative authority in, in the realm of cat fancying. Yes, yes, quite. And what's at the, what's at the heart of the, uh, of the, of the affair? They're cats. Cats, they're hot. I, Perhaps the goddess wants their cats. For the cats are at not only the heart of their affair, but the heart of Oh, you, th you think that she was being, um, I see. The potential, she may not actually want you to necessarily get the, their actual hearts, but take away what their, their heart's desire is. The, the, the focus of their hearts. Well, what is the extension of their hearts, which is their cats? Free them or, or find some sort of way to bring them closer to her. Um, it, it, unless I'm very much mistaken, uh, and, and the goddess was, she, you know, she's an ungentle being. Um, it was quite clear that she was not employing a uh, metaphor. Mm. She wants them to die, to be punished for um, manipulating the eye for their own petty ends. Well, would they not be punished for uh, losing that which uh, they're about? Well, I mean, it's... To my mind, uh, that Lewis woman has already been punished profoundly. I mean, wasn't, wasn't she, didn't she lose a limb? Um, and she was certainly mauled. She was shot. She was shot. That's the, the whole thing. I think you're thinking about uh, our- uh, Jane. Oh, I, am, I am thinking about poor Jane. Yeah, poor Jane there. She got yeah. rather mauled. She's in a coma right now, from what I heard. Not, not good. At any rate, um, the vision that I experienced uh, wasn't wasn't mysterious in regard to the intention. Mm. It was it was uh, a punishing instruction that I was given. Indeed. An absolute. I think, I think she didn't mean bring me their hearts in any sense other than on a silver platter so that I might devour them. Hmm. She, she, um, she's a terrifying deity. Well, it's, it's, uh, if it is what you... Say it is, I would imagine so. But again, I'm not I'm not certain that 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 she needs to authorize a visitation from the Ugalos. Mm. I just don't know how much I don't know how they can help us until we have a target. 
We must find a target, must we? Yes? We have to find Elphinstone, ideally before tomorrow afternoon. The phone book's been useless. Um, and Myrtle Everett isn't a popular, isn't a known figure in any way, right? Like, it's not like she's on the society register or we've heard of her in another context. She's just some witch that this, this warlock found. And yeah, you, you have no idea. Yeah. Maybe we, we need to get into the apartment, see if there's a photo of him, see if there's any way to track him from there. You can surmise that he hasn't known her for a long time because they keep referring to her as like his new girlfriend. And so, um, gentlemen, we'll arm ourselves. Hmm. Uh, two of you to the bank to retrieve the horn. Patrick will come uh, to my flat to retrieve the eye. And we shall see what the eye can do about sighting our enemies. Out of curiosity, I wonder if the eye needs to be charged the same way as the horn does. I have not, I, let me rephrase that. Not charged the same way, but does the eye need to be charged? Well, Audrey, it's been in your possession every night then, correct? It has been since we reclaimed it, yes. Um, I don't have a sense that it requires any external assistance. But perhaps... Perhaps you know my cats have been dreaming for it. Perhaps it's been lay, lay it out. In the, I don't lay know. it out in the garden with cans of open tuna around it, and invite a party to come in. Now, Archie. After all, it is an eye. Have you tried scrying with it, or looking through it, or? I've experimented. Um, the only thing that I'm aware of is that it um, connects me to another realm. Um, I fast called it the dreamlands. Hmm. But yeah, I don't, I, I, it doesn't seem to be a tool. It seems to be a, I don't know how to uh, how to put a uh, a connective line of some sort. Um, and you know, the, the the cats are fond of us, but they aren't really worried about this world being destroyed. What would they do? Apparently, they live all over the universe in other ways. Hmm. Wow. You know, one of them said, 
I hope that you don't all die. Kind of wistfully, you know, the way a cat look over its shoulder at you and flick its tail and then walk off. Hmm. So, we're on our own. Don't worry about me. I'm invincible. And the roof caves in on uh, <laughs> <laughs> famous last words. Hey, I'm still alive. What can I tell you? So, uh, Patrick, we're off to my flat. You gentlemen will go to the bank. I I think you we should both leave messages with Sykes at the club when we've retrieved our objects. I, I'd like to know that, you know, there isn't a random child yes, of tranquility right. or bank well, manager or something. Does anybody have a problem with my plan for the horn? I, again, I, I think that you needn't take it to Bedlam where the dreams are more disturbed. It just, just take it through the streets when people are sleeping. You know, a long, a long tour through London. There, you know, there's a million dreamers. Okay. But, but you need to wait for nightfall. Most people will not be asleep. Hmm. If you had a, if you had a location where people were napping heavily, then you well, can I'm, charge it prematurely. But I don't know how I, to do that. I mean, surely there is. Uh, shall we call it not the ghetto? But, you know, the working class neighborhood where all the factory workers live in tenement rows should mm -hmm. be easy to, I mean, we should all know where that's at. We don't even need to go out of our way for that. Just uh, go through a gay, decent neighborhood. Brownstones. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Find houses. Haunt the brownstones. Yes. All right. So you two are going to go retrieve the horn, and the other yes. you, you guys are going to go back to Audrey's place. And yes. uh, I think they were also going to go and uh, check out the British Museum, make sure nobody's been nosing around the temple. And then we were right going to go after we've stuff. retrieved our objects. You can meet us at our office in the museum. Okay. It's convenient. All right, that okay. sounds good. Uh, all right. Well, Fuller and uh, Iselin, it's. A simple matter of just going to the bank and retrieving the horn. The horn. Uh, actually, uh, it's under whose account was it under? It was under my account. Was it? Yeah. Or was it under Reginald's account? Thought it was Reginald. No, it was under mine. All right. Because we moved it to mine. Oh, that's right. All right. All right. Yeah. So you guys go retrieve it. That's not a problem at all. Takes you half an hour, and you have the horn with you. Um, what are you going to do after that? You're just going to head to the museum. Go back to yes. the go back to the club. Oh, you want to yeah. go to the museum? Well, let's go back to the club and and, and leave that the the message. I was going to go back to the club and take a nap, but. Yeah, I'm we don't have much of a time window here. Okay, well we can go to the we, we want to get lunch in the in the process as well. We'll say that it's three PM. All right. So you're you've got like twenty four hours at this point before well, the Well, is it about time for that dog to come out? 
dog? Isn't uh, 3 p.m. the time the lady said she took the dog out for a walk? Oh, are you going there? I thought you just said you were going back to the... Well, Where are you, where are you going? The idea was to uh, go get the horn and then meet up. And then we were going to go by 3 p.m. to the uh, to the flat so we don't have to deal with the dog. At least that's what I thought. I'm... Yeah, I wasn't sure, but I thought somebody was going to go and try and get in when the lady went all right we'll say that yeah. it's we'll say that it's 1 30. okay okay um audrey and patrick uh you head on over to audrey's house um audrey as as you guys pull up in front of your flat uh you notice at least five cats uh that are now hanging around outside your flat and uh they all stand up they're lounging, but they all stand up when you get out of the car. They're just watching you. They all look friendly. And these are strays that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, mostly good news. Um, Patrick, excuse me uh, just for a moment. Sure. Um, and I'm going to crouch down to the cat nearest the door and offer it a hand to sniff. Okay. Yeah, it it's like, what do you want me to sniff your hand? Just wanted to make sure that you, uh, that I didn't s s uh, s smell unfriendly. Is there something uh, that I should know? No, just that your aura is shining brighter than anybody else's right now. Well, you know, I spoke to the goddess last night. And a kind of oddly reverential look comes over all of the cats when you say that. Um, it's something you'd never noticed cats do before, but it, it actually is definitely reverential. And what did she say? Or, oh, he doesn't say that. He's just like, he's like, yeah, we can kind of tell. Well, um, it's nice to see you all here, uh, and uh, I'll put a tin of tuna out when I leave. Mmm, tuna. Yes, don't have too much, share. Um, has anything um, strange happened here since I left? Not strange, no. Any um, unfriendly humans? Patrick, what what do you you catch up? Do I hear Audrey talking? Do a, do a spot hidden or a, a listen. I did excuse myself, but I'm obviously oh, okay. talking to a cat in front of you. So, uh, no, I failed to listen. Okay, well, you just see her. She didn't go right in the house. She's sort of hunkered down, looking at one of the cats for a little longer than you'd expect her to. <laughs> She did say she can understand them. So. Um, okay, so there's no, it doesn't seem to be any warning. We'll go up to the flat. Um, I think that, isn't the eye wrapped in something? Yeah, like, like a piece of silk or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, 
your cats are, of course, immediately at the front door when you come in. Hi, Audrey. Hi. Hi, Audrey. Hi. <laughs> um, hi, kittens. Hi, friends. Um, trying to think of how, how to reward a cat for being friendly without making a dead beast, but there really isn't any way. Um, but yeah, I'll give them, I'll give them a they, slice of ham from the fridge to tear apart. Even though they, they are, they can talk, they still act exactly like cats. So their behavior is the same. They like to be pet and they like to be fed. They like to ignore you. <laughs> uh, Patrick, we have plenty of time. Um, would you like a cup of tea uh, before we head back to the museum? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I'll put a kettle on so I can give the cats some scritches. Uh, Patrick, how cat friendly are you? Um, I don't have one, but I, you know, never had a pet, so dog or cat, so. I'm in the middle. Uh, well, uh, you say hi to these sweet friends. Um, uh, they, they're perfectly nice. Let them sniff you. Um, she would particularly like scritches under the chin. Sherry's a little standoffish at first. Um, and uh, I'll go and check that the eye is safely under the pillow where it belongs and it's silk wrapping. All right. All right. Uh, Patrick, uh, do a luck roll. And Audrey, you go up the stairs um, and uh, it's it's exactly where it's supposed to be. 40 out of 46. Okay. So as Audrey goes up the stairs, the cats are staring at you. And uh, one of them comes over towards you and uh, starts rubbing up against your leg. I'll go down to bed it slowly. Okay. Um, do a power roll. That's a failure. 69 out of 35. Okay. Um, as you do that, the cat looks up at you and you almost get the impression that it's trying to say something to you. It gives you kind of a You trying to tell me something? And as I, I you know, scratch its head. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like it's talking to you, but you don't understand, it's cat. Right. <laughs> Watch you, I think they like me. Uh, All right. I guess I'll hear that coming down the stairs. Yeah. That's good. There's they're they're very sweet friends. Uh, uh and surprisingly articulate. Yeah, it looks like it's trying to tell me something. Maybe it's hungry or she's hungry. The cat looks up at you, uh, Audrey, and says, What I was trying to say to him was any friend of Audrey's is a friend of mine. I think that's remarkably hospitable of you, Shu. Um, I appreciate it. 
there's uh, some uh, cousins of yours down on the street who have clustered around. Uh, I, saw, I said I'd bring them a tin of sardines. Is there anything else you'd suggest that they might particularly enjoy? I don't know. You mean those low-lifes those, those low outside? Oh, well, you know, they live on the street because they haven't got good friends. That's all. Or are they, um, are, are they not um, civilized? They're strays, but I mean, they're cats, but you're strays you know cats, but we don't all, we're not always friendly with one another. You notice I'm looking at the cat, looking at you, looking at the cat, <laughs> looking back at you. Um, now you can understand everything that Audrey says. <laughs> right, right. And in you, the cat's actually responding to it. You don't, no, you don't Audrey, I just one simple question and I'll take your word for it. Have you come across any opium or anything in the last couple of days? <laughs> Patrick, I didn't blame you in the least for thinking me mad. Um, but and I, you know, I lift the sleeve from the eye of Lamatsu, which is scintillating in its gem like brilliance. I the uh. The change that's come upon me is entirely due to this. You must understand. I, I do believe you. I just had to ask. Sorry. Forgive me for my question, line of questioning. I just needed to get that out of my head. And I'm going to, uh, uh, I suppose I have an ice box. Would I have an ice box? Sure. I wouldn't have a refrigerator. Um, gonna, I'm going to give uh, Patrick a rind of cheese. To, to feed the cat so they can become better friends. Okay. Um, and uh, take a tin of sardines out of the cabinet for the uh, rabble razors outside. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I, you know I, I, um, I hope that we shall find everything at the museum as it should be. And I'm ready to go when you are, Patrick. And you've got the eye with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in its back in its sleeve, maybe in a shoulder bag sort of thing. Okay. Uh, Audrey, are you armed? Do you have any defense? Yes, I have a I have a pistol. So do I. I don't really know how much good I'd be with it when it came. Should it come to such a thing, but uh, same here. I'm lucky if I could hit the broad side of a barn, but at least I can try and brandish it at someone if they come after us. Um, I, I guess I lost the cats. Um, pardon me again, Patrick. Um, this is going to be peculiar. Uh, but they asked, they were very, they very good advice, but I wish to speak to Bast. Um, Chu, Sherry, if I wished the Ugolos to come, is there anything in particular that I ought to do? The Ugolos? Mm. The Ugolos are, are, are powerful guardians. Uh, um, we don't really know anything about them, but... You have the eye of Amatsu. They should obey you. 
if I simply will them to appear, do you think they should do so? I, they are very powerful, I, but I'm uh, facing very dangerous circumstances, you see. Mm. We don't know. I mean, maybe. Yes, well, you're, you're, you're just sweet house kittens after all. Why would you know such terrible things? Um, all right. Uh, I'll get you some more sardines to make up for the ones I'm giving to the street cats. Don't worry. Uh, and you keep, uh, you keep things here in order until I come back. And we're out. All right. So you guys go outside. Uh, you head to your car. You drive uh, to the British Museum. And... Uh, We'll just, for the convenience, you arrive at the same time that uh, Isolin and Fuller uh, show up. Uh, you meet on the front steps of the British Museum. Well, uh, the eye is intact. How's the horn? It's good. Hard to believe that this thing's been so much trouble. Yes, it doesn't seem as though it uh, would unleash a monstrosity that pinned the man to a tree. I am interested in the uh, writing up on it. I want to take a, a little bit of time to see how much I can clean up the writing. Okay. Uh, Patrick, do you want to go to your office upstairs or my workspace in the in the basement? Let's go to the reconstructed temple site first. All right. Um, uh, you head to the uh, the temple site, and uh, it's pretty much finished in its construction. Um, there's just last minute little touches. Uh, that they're putting on it in order to, you know, bring it up to snuff. Nothing um, looks out of place, anything? No, no. And it's still, there's no public access to it. While they're doing this, I'm going to take the horn, go back to the club and take a nap. Okay. So you're not going to let... Uh, Iselwyn wanted to, to study it. We'll oh. study it later. Do you do you need to study it? I no, mean, I, I'm just curious on these on the uh, markings there. They're, there's writing. I I'm not entirely aware of it. Okay, I'll take a moment to this. Well, presumably, uh, you could look at the cuneiform. Yes. While he napped, if you guys want to, I mean, I. See why well, there's... Yeah, I would, I would, I would suggest. Well, I'm sure there's a place you could nap here, Fuller. While I, while I have a look at it, and we could all stay together. Okay. I just, I'm going to be up again. late tonight. I'm going to be up late tonight, so I would like to get a little sleep. No, uh, understandable. You're going to nap at the British Museum. Sure. Why not? You know, couch in Patrick's office or something. Yeah. All right. Now, refresh so, my. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, so Fuller and uh, Iselwyn, you go into Patrick's office. 
-hmm. and fully you're going to try and sleep and Iselwyn, you're going to try and study the horn. Okay. All right, back to the other two. Uh, Patrick, what were you saying? Um, we, was the horn ever deciphered? Because I know it never made its way to the museum. Do we know what it says? Yeah, I think that... Uh, the night that Theodore Rayburn Price, or the other one with three names, the night that he was murdered at his country estate, he and I were translating okay. no, you're from right. the, the inscription. Theodore Rayburn Price, correct. Yeah, we were we were in the process of translating it. I don't know. You you got most of it, but you kept falling yeah. asleep. You you finally fell asleep. Right. We we yeah uh, we were. My previous person, uh, and he were um, moribund. Everyone in the house, you know, collapsed with exhaustion. All right. <clears throat> so Patrick and Audrey, what, what, what are you going to do? Um, we've, we've looked at the temple site. Everything seems like it should be as it is. Mm -hmm. um, I guess uh, the place I'm most comfortable is my workspace in the cellar where I was often visited by members of the Wentworth Club, including Reginald, that dashing fellow. Uh, I think I'm going to... You, uh, Patrick, it's um, entirely up to you uh, whether you want to be present, uh, as it, I think it might be quite disturbing. I'm going to see if I can make present or converse with those, um, you know, lionine shadow figures, the Ugalos, and see if they can, if they will, if they will present themselves to me and if they will converse with me and if they might be able to indicate uh, where this, um, you know, uh, problematic, Elphinstone fellow is. I mean, as, you know, yes. I was just going to say, as much as I would not like to see them, I think I would prefer to stay by your side because we should, I don't think we should be separated at all from this point forward. Who knows what's going to happen? There is strength in numbers, I think. Um, I, but I, I don't know. I mean, you've been very polite, but I saw you look at me funny when I talked to the cats. Um, well, since you told us earlier at the club, I was just had to ask if you had been intoxicated at any point, and I take you for your word. And I, in retrospect, I did see those things take down our friend, and I just chose not to believe it, but everything I'm seeing is adding up to they were lying. I, I briefly saw them, but I just pushed it to the back of my mind. And I'd rather see them now than see them in the middle of the altercation and the with the king and and not lose my marbles there. Yeah, I don't know if we can expect anything really to happen. Uh, after all, I'm not presenting any hearts as requested. And that might be um, 
a mandatory component. I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, uh, also, um, I'm going to have to get onto the highest place I can in the room. Um, so that might look a little silly, but you'll have to just let me be. I think there was some pedestals down there or, or display blocks. Yeah, I'm sure there's something. Um, all right. Um, Patrick's office is down the hall from Audrey's office. So Audrey and Patrick are in her office and Fuller and Munden are in Patrick's office. All right. So when, when Audrey goes, Audrey's standing there, obviously the highest point in your office would be the top of the filing cabinets. And there's a few of them. So there's actually a room up there. Um, you climb up and uh, you have the, the, the stone with you. Um, all right. Uh, Iselwind, you're in the other room. Uh, Fuller is, uh, for, for five minutes or so, he's restless, laying there, but then he seems to go to sleep. Uh, you are looking at the, uh, uh, the cuneiform. Uh, mm -hmm. Do a, do you have a cuneiform or a... I do. Yeah, do that roll. Um, standard success. Okay. There. Um, this is what you read. You can read it out. Can you read it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not reading it out loud, but it is to myself in my head. I'm reading. No, read it out I, loud. Yeah. What's it? <laughs> yeah, read it out loud. <laughs> no, the character's not reading it out loud, but a player shall. Okay. Uh, I, the high priest of Abednashu, invoke thee. Let the winged bull of Anu and Atu be bound within this horn. Alu, who is without eyes or mouth, who envelops like a garment, who lurks in the shadows, who would stalk the land, troubling the dreams of men, uh, robbing them of sleep. Let Alu be bound within resting, waiting, a secret guardian to keep this evil place. Let no man disturb the prison, for the living nightmare that is Alu shall rise up and destroy him. Hmm. Do a power roll. Um, I think I made it, but let me double check. I did indeed make it. Okay. Um, as you're sitting there, and you're you're concentrating because it's difficult to uh, mm -hmm. form. You do find that you are getting a little drowsy. Hmm. Okay. Fuller is snoring. Um, Patrick and Audrey, you're upstairs. Audrey, what do you do? Patrick, you're watching. 
I'm uh, on top of the cabinets. I'm sitting cross-legged. I'm holding this opal in both hands. Okay. And I'm picturing the shadowy lions that I saw in front of churches. Okay. Uh, flat. Uh, I need you to expend three magic points. And um, as you are standing there, um, Patrick, what you notice first of all is that the lights in the room seem to dim a little. You're not sure that they've dimmed, but there's darkness in the room that wasn't there before. Uh, you begin to notice the shadows in the room begin to gather together. And Audrey, if your eyes are open, you begin to notice this as well. And the shadows in the room all seem to move towards right in front of the filing cabinets. And Patrick, as you're watching, they begin to form into something in front of the, uh, the filing cabinets. And they begin to coalesce. And as they do, they become solid. And standing in front of Audrey are two humanoid um, creatures dressed in armor. Uh, they have lion's heads. They have bone-like hands with long, prodigious claws. And you can both do sanity rolls. Oh, I passed by one point. Okay. Just take, take a couple points of damage. Um, what they do, Audrey, is they both go down on one knee and they bow your, their head to you, but they don't say anything. They're also not completely solid. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. There's there's space between them and our... Uh, I actually remarkably passed two, um, right. but I... I feel like after the dream, I'm gonna, I have to have a little bit of a head. Um, you get the strong impression that they're not really living creatures, but sort of a manifestation of a force that's there in front of you. They don't twitch, they don't blink, they don't do anything. Yeah. There's not, they're, they're not sweating. They don't need to eat. They're right. just... Um, thank you for coming. Do you have names? There's no answer. There is a man in this realm who is trying to disturb the order he calls himself Elphinstone, and he must be stopped. Might you 
involve yourself in that? They both stand up and become shadow, just bleed away. You uh, get the distinct impression you just ordered somebody's execution. Which is probably also a call for sanity. Yeah, you can do another sanity roll. Wow, those are so lucky. It's crazy. Um, yeah. For somebody who started out pretty wacky, she's quite resilient. Um, <laughs> how's Patrick look? I'm sweating and my mouth is agape and my hand yeah. is trembling. You've just seen real magic. You know, Patrick, I don't think we'll be at the museum very much longer. I don't think I can, um, assuming that we all survive this madness, I think I'll um, be moving to someplace like, I don't know, South America, someplace more wild. Patrick and Audrey both do power rolls. Oh, I passed finally. 20. I have a very low power, that's why. 27, which is a success. All right. Uh, you're both there talking about leaving the British Museum. And you suddenly have to sort of brace yourselves against the desk because you suddenly have this overwhelming feeling of fatigue, like you want to fall asleep. Mm. But you're Can able I'm, to... Would I make the connection to the horn and the notes I've, we've read? Well, I think you just made the connection. <laughs> I don't head. know if, if yeah. Patrick knew enough about it. Audrey, the horn, it's going to put us all to sleep, I think. Mm. I don't know if this is mm. such a good idea. Do you um? Do you think we it, should we just try to get farther away, or should we go and interrupt them? At least one of us must get farther away, just in case we're all asleep and we sleep through the the event. Yeah, I read about him being pinned to that tree. I do not want to be pinned to a tree. Oh. Uh, and the shot. cats are the cats are talking to me, so I'm going to run downstairs. You see if you can inter interrupt them. Wait a second. You're in the British Museum, right? Mm -hmm. What do you mean, run downstairs? You're in your office. Well, you said the office is upstairs. Oh, no. The off your offices are all downstairs in the basement. Um, there's been a little inconsistency, but I oh. think it's trivial. I think Patrick's office was upstairs. Audrey's was downstairs, historically, where Audrey was working on stuff. But you, you said earlier that they were next to I said they were down the hall from one another, so. Yeah. They're close. Okay, they're close enough together. They're you're just up the stairs, so then you're downstairs. He's upstairs. But. So I'm gonna try and wake them, and you're gonna get outside the museum. Mm, I'm gonna go outside. Yeah, right. find a tomcat to talk to. All right. So I'm gonna 
run over to Isolin first. All right, so you run up there. Uh, you see Isolin, he's looking at the horn, but he's sort of drifting. Kind of shake him by the shoulder. Mm, yeah, yeah. We, yes, yes. This thing is putting us all to sleep. We might sleep through the event. We can't. We got to get up. Okay. We got to get okay. away from well, well, What do we do with it? Are we going to let Fuller stay here and sleep with it? But if it manifests, I'm getting tired about a second. We need to get away. I sent Audrey Yes, but it'll set, put it to sleep if we take it with us. Maybe we leave Fuller sleeping with it for a couple hours and come back. Maybe. We should. Maybe. All right. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to leave the horn there. I'm going to lead him upstairs to wherever the closest coffee, I mean, tea room, tea break room would be, and make two cups of strong, strong tea. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fuller. You are sound asleep, and you are in the midst of bizarre and, and strange nightmares, but I want to find out what they are. <laughs> now, Munden should, over the cup of tea, trying to wake up, splash water on her face. Yeah. Um, should should we let him sleep with it for a while, or do we need what what is? I wouldn't know. It's, um... Do an idea roll, both of you. You guys have all read the papers and stuff. Oh, twelve. Um, no. Extreme. Still trying to clear my head. You recall from reading the papers that. Sleeping with the thing manifests a manifests it, and it kills the closest person nearby. And right. usually, re it tore his house wide open. So, it destroyed everything around him. And you're in the British Museum. Well, once I say that, I'm sipping on the tea. I literally let the cup fall out of my hand, and I start running back downstairs. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Let's just say you're having horrible, horrible, horrible nightmares, Fuller. Um, I can't find the page that it says what the nightmares were. It was in the trenches of World War II and his body. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much my normal night. Wow, right. he's jumped 20 years in the future. A World War I. <laughs> <laughs> a strange war with some German fellow with a little mustache. And, no, I remember his dream was something about uh, being shot, and his he was awake, but his body was dead. So I'm going to run back down and try and rouse him. All right. Um, how are you going to try and rouse him? Slap him. All right. Not um, to cause <laughs> damage, but get up, get up, get up, get up. Uh, 
Fuller, go ahead and roll a power roll. Uh, let's see. What is my power? But you need an extreme to wake up. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to no run word. down and... Uh, do you mind if I spend 47 luck points? <laughs> oh. I, you can spend whatever you want. On this no, game. no. Right. So, Patrick, you grab a hold of him and you slap him in the face. And he just continues. Look for a cup of water. Um, knock him off the chair or something. Okay. Splash. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to go down and grab the horn and get out of there with it. Okay, you're grabbing the horn? And where are you going? Out of the building. To find the nearest exit. Okay. When you grab a hold of the horn, I would like you to do another power roll. Uh, extreme. <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't feel a wave of, of sleepiness when you grab it. Um, so you quickly, you run up the stairs, you run, uh, down the hall, uh, and, and towards the, the, the door that leads into the museum. What are you going to do? Get out of the museum. <laughs> okay. What are you doing with the horn? Just carrying it, getting it out, getting it away. So it's going to look like you're running out of the museum with an artifact in your hand. Oh, okay. So I'm doubling back, trying to find a back door to the place. But I finally okay. realized. We'll say that. that you can you can probably do that. All right. Okay. Um. Uh. Without much trouble, you get it out of the uh, the museum. Uh. At this point, Fuller. I think that the second slap probably brings you awake. Uh. Rather abruptly. And, Fuller, um, for the love of God, wake up, man. What the hell? <laughs> um, we were all passing out. You were thrashing in your sleep with a nightmare. Yes, but we have to recharge the horn. We all were passing out, all four of us. We could have slept straight through the thing. And remember the notes? When everybody fell asleep or released some sort of demon that, that plunged the, the, the killed whatever his name is. Theodore Rayburn Price. Theodore Rayburn Price and pinned him to the fourteen foot up in a tree. Or I would say two meters or something. <laughs> wow. Well, That's gonna make things difficult. What was that, Tom? I said five meters. <laughs> yeah, that's going to make things difficult charging this then. Uh, I, I don't... You, you don't even want to know what I just saw. So, Audrey actually summoned those cat-headed clawed, and you see me like do a full body shiver. They, they appeared, and she sent them after Elphinstone. And then I sent her out of the museum because she was passing out. 
Well, I still believe that we need to charge this up. Allow me to channel Cyrus for a minute. But why not go to a boarding house? Rent a room. Put the horn in the room and leave. But we'll still release a demon. But it won't kill us. Uh, if, uh, I... I don't know how long it mean really needs to charge. I think once somebody goes into a nightmare or releases it, worst case scenario, and I can't believe I'm saying this, when we get to the party, stick it in somebody's hand and let it come out. But I still don't think that's good. Well, then here's another thing. If this thing makes people fall asleep and we take this to the garden party, we're going to take out half the people that are going to interfere with us. It's a possibility. Um, Munden has this thing. Let's let's head up and try and regroup. Let's find Audrey. Let's find Munden and stash this thing at least someplace for now. Okay. All right. So, uh, Munden, you've left the museum. What are you going to do with... What are you doing? Are you running? Are you... Uh, just going into like a back alleyway and stuff because if something comes out of this, at the very least, it's only my life. It's not in a populated area to try and get out the back door trying to find a place where there wouldn't potentially be a lot of people. Well... You're in the middle of the city. There's lots of people everywhere. It's okay. So no back alleys. No. Uh, well, there's back alleys. No back... There's still people within 15 feet of you in all directions. All right, back alleys better than out front. So I'm going to go there and just kind of stay there for a bit, see what happens. All right. So, uh, Audrey, where did you go? I think, you know, uh, out onto the broad steps in the front of the museum to get a fresh air. I don't, okay. I, I don't, I, I, I have an idea of the possibility that my drowsiness was because of uh, the horn, but I don't have, you know, any greater urgency than that. And, you know, here we are. Right, you're no longer drowsy. Uh, Patrick and Fuller, where are you going? I, I don't was, know. I was telling Fuller to follow me, and I wanted to, since I sent Audrey out to get air, I would assume she went out to the main entrance. All right, All right. so the three of you end up walking out into the front, but you don't know where Munden and the Horn went. Audrey, have you seen Munden? He, he went running with the Horn. Uh, I didn't. Or anything, just to get it out of. Yeah, I have no idea. I, uh, I was, I, I started feeling vague, and and here, I am, and I feel better. That's all I know. Um. Good old fashioned, 
London. Well, you're, oh, yeah. you're on the other side of the British Museum. <laughs> I, I know that, but Patrick yeah. doesn't. Question. Um, am, I, am I starting to feel the sleepy again? Yeah, we'll get back to you in a second. <laughs> okay, I'm just quite curious on that because I've curious... got a very mad idea. Uh, the expenditure of magic points, does that have a physical... Is there a sensation attached to that? Well, or... uh, it feels like you've done some work, which, you, you know, a little bit of exhaustion. Okay. Um, well, it doesn't have a physical... It doesn't do physical damage unless you run out of magic points. Right. And in fact, that the, the magical sleepiness is probably a stronger feeling than the sense of whatever evacuation came from that. But it summer. should it should go away after a bit, you know. So, um, and how, many mag how many magic points do you have? Uh, Audrey's pretty again she's she starts off this is all the NPC stuff she starts off quite mad and quite magical she had seven okay just to, from birth so and I'm dead to 24 sound um, so it's really more of a, 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 a at the moment it's effort so you put effort into right into, into but if you go past seven then you put hit points into it. Physical damage. Uh, so basically, uh, I just want a cup of tea. Um, and, you know, to sort of not think about what it means that I've sent uh, metaphysical stalkers into the world. But it's probably the best thing I can do. So I, you know, I want a cup of tea. Maybe a little bit of brandy in it. Okay. Uh, Munden, um, you've stopped in the back alley. Uh, do a pow roll. <laughs> Hundred. Oh. Yeah. So you've run into the back alley and you're next to a dumpster and you're tired and you're you're exhausted for a moment and everything goes black as you All right. collapse unconscious to the ground there's one thought i want to try and keep in my head um kind of like take a focus on the horn and uh just say alu i want to entreat with you guardian of the horn i wish to entreat just have that, try and keep that thought as I fall asleep. Okay. Um, okay. So Audrey, Patrick, and Fuller, what are you going to do? You're, you're in the front. You wanted some tea, but you know, Owen uh, has the... Uh, I think we need to one. find him. Maybe he went out a back entrance. Maybe he ran straight down the street. Maybe he went back to the club. Right, and there was a plan to uh, report to Sykes and the club 
our respective circumstances. So if if somebody's gone missing and they haven't reported, then we know that we're not on plan. We couldn't got, have gotten that far. We both basically ran out together. We just went opposite ways. Right, and Munton literally has the, the horn. In his hands. So it's, it's, you know, it's a non-trivial matter that we find, you know, that he's located and... Um, right. The object itself is, you know, he's important and so is the object. We were a couple rooms away and falling asleep. He has it in his hand. Yeah. And for the description that I read from what happened up at uh, the, the country house was nightmarish. That horn can release something. Well, we're releasing it in the middle of London right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's the stray cat uh, situation around me? Um, do a luck roll. Ah, lousy. 81. Yeah, you don't see the cats. Something else spooked him. Uh, yeah, I, we don't want the horn to fall into the hands of some random person on the street. I work, we work at the museum. I'm going to run back to the front, up the stairs, find the first security guard that I can, tell him we have an emergency. One of the cuneiform scri uh, transcri transcription people I'm working with has some sort of food poisoning or illness. And he's delirious. He's wandering around someplace. I think he left the museum. He's very, very sick. We need to find him. It's a very good play. Okay. So the security people are going to search the museum for your friend. Um, Munden, roll a d12. Ooh, never get to roll d12s. D12. Three. Okay. Um, you find yourself lying somewhere in the darkness. Uh, you can't move a muscle. You're completely paralyzed. You can hear something just at the edge of earshot. Uh, you see flickers of movement in the shadows around you. Slowly, the noises start to sound like uh, whatever you're most afraid of. What are, what are you most afraid of? <laughs> bats. Bats. The bats. Um, you, you begin to see flapping wings all around you, but, but it's staying in the, in the shadows. Um, but the darkness itself is getting closer and closer to you. Uh, do a sanity roll. And you, you find that you can't even scream or call out. Mm. Failed. Okay. Uh, 1d3. 
And oh, as, you are, as you are struggling, and you, you, you know that it's bats and there's bats everywhere, but there's something else, there's something that is manifesting itself in the shadows and it looks like a bull. It's a huge, monstrous bull with huge, monstrous horns, but it has no eyes or mouth. And you can see black wings behind it. All right, everybody else. <laughs> you are in the front. Are, are you still in the front of the museum? No, you've gone inside. Um, you feel a vibration under your feet. Um, like you might feel a, a large truck going by. Um, uh, you all feel a wave of drowsiness and you notice around you in the museum, other people just suddenly sort of need to catch themselves as they, uh, as they sort of feel drowsy. You know that the horn is somewhere nearby and that it's getting worse. We need to find us. I wonder if we could put that thing in like a lead line box or something. Let's find it first before we debate the ins and outs of this. But noted. Uh, this is, yeah, it's, I can't believe uh, that we let it. I'm glad that the bank, I don't know. So uh, where do we think it is? Direction? Did you see him? Well, I came out the front and he didn't. So sides or back, or if it's underneath us, I, I, he's not out front. So we got three other directions and three people. I, I, my best guess right now. It's getting harder to think even. <sighs> Why? Okay, so um, Patrick and Audrey, you both know the museum like the backs of your hands. So, if he didn't run out front, all right. well, do we know any emergency exits or any? You know them all. I don't think there's such a thing as an emergency exit. Yeah, there's just exits, especially back downstairs, back back in the private areas. There's ways out. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Patrick, if you'll take the left, I'll take the right. We can see if we can, you know, you knock him it. down and take this and take the horn and put it where it belongs. And okay. how. All right. I'll have you both do luck rolls. See who gets the better luck roll. Oh, seven. 68 is known. So Patrick, you go out, you go down one hallway that he might have run down. Audrey, you go down another. Audrey, you open up a, an access door on the back. Uh, there's an alley, but there's nothing in it as far as you can see. 
uh, Patrick, you run out your access door into another alley and a little ways away you can see a, a, a trash dumpster and you can see Alwyn's foot uh, stuck out from behind the dumpster. Fuller, Leicester, and then I go towards where London is laying. Okay. Um, you see Iwan lying there on the ground. Uh, he's twitching like he's having horrible nightmares. And the horn seems to be illuminating. It's It's got a glow to it as you're looking at it. Is he holding? Yeah, uh, he's holding it in his hands. Well, I would say the horn is charged. I'm going to look for a piece of wood or something to well, knock it out of a, his hands. Do a luck roll. Anyways. Oh, 33. I made it. All right. There's a piece of trash or something in the bin. Maybe a piece of construction wood. I'm going to try and knock it out of his hands. Okay. You did that fairly easily. Uh, it continues to glow. I'm gonna he continues to twitch. Try and fireman carry him. I'll leave it like I'll throw a roll the dumpster over it or something. What no, oh, I don't even know. You can't do all that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just you gonna pick him up. You pick him up pick and him run. Up. Yeah. All right. Do a strength roll. Alan, what's down. your what's your size? You're muted. Uh, I'm at forty. I'm I'm pretty. Oh, slight. he's little. He's little. I, I, my size is seven. Skinny. My strength is only forty. Yeah, but he doesn't weigh anything. So I you know, pick him up without any trouble. All right, you're running down the alley as Audrey comes around the corner, and Fuller sticks his head out the door. It's glowing over there, and I keep walking away with him, like past him. Right. Just. Trying to put distance between him and and the object. Don't All touch right. it. How okay. So it's down it's down the alley. How far are you guys gonna go? Well, I was hoping one of those two might be able to figure a way to retrieve it. That's why I was telling them it's down there. Let me get him away. So I'm just gonna keep walking until All right. He maybe, I don't know, mumbles so, or... So Patrick and uh, Fuller, I'm, I'm sorry, Patrick and, and Munden, you've gone down the alley. You're walking out towards the front of the museum. You're 300 feet away by now. Uh, Audrey and uh, Fuller, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to take my coat off and pick the horn up with the coat. All right, so you're going over there. As you approach the horn, I would like you to do a power roll. Um, well, I passed, but it's not critical. All right, so as you wrap up the horn and start to move, you feel waves of fatigue, like you want to fall asleep. Audrey, you can see that, that Fuller is is trying to keep awake as he's carrying it. 
Um, as Fuller is approaching you, Audrey, uh, you also need to do a power roll. Not my strong suit. Oh, wow. Huge fail. 95 on 35. All right. Um, Audrey, you feel incredible fatigue, and you, you lean up against the wall, and Fuller, you watch as Audrey's eyes close, and she slumps down uh, into a, a being asleep. Well, I'll just keep walking. All right. Do um, I see him coming towards me with the thing? Well, you've run out, you've run down the alley and, and out into the into the front. Um, if you look back, yeah, you can see he's grabbed it. He's got it wrapped up and he's struggling to move with it. Throw it in the dumpster. We'll come back for it. I ain't throwing this in the dumpster. We need it. Keep it away. Get. I'm not well, touching it. We're going to pass out and the creature's coming out. And I'll, now I'm trying, I put Munden down and I'm trying to. Yeah, Munden starts buddy. to wake up. Uh, uh, bad spats. You're okay. You're, you're, we're outside the museum. Uh, temple. Audrey, you could roll a 12 sided dice too. Temple. Where's where's the temple? <coughs> it's downstairs. You should we put it on the sarcophagus down there? Temple. Uh, bats, bats, bats. All right, so what you going to do? Well, I want to take it um, to someplace in the museum. Oh, you're going into the museum with it? Yes. All right. Somewhere on one of the lower levels, set it down. Yeah, you're not going to get that far. If you walk into the museum with it, there's people all around you. Uh, they're going to all of a sudden start to become incredibly drowsy. That's okay. And, um, I'm going to say that as you're walking along, nine people are going to drop and fall asleep. At you guys. I, th I thought that we were the only ones in the museum at this time. In the middle of the day? I, I just did. We never mentioned other people there before, so I just assumed. I mentioned that there were thousands of people. Okay, I must have missed it then. Um, 
sometimes the game just goes the way that it goes and you have to go with it you have to follow the rules enough energy has been expended by people falling asleep to activate the horn of Balu. The closest one to it is Fuller. All right. Fuller, as you're standing there, people all around you in the museum suddenly drop. And in front of you, you're in like the, the big foyer area. The air begins to sort of coalesce. You begin to see this shimmering energy in the air and all of a sudden a huge monstrous flaming uh, bull with no eyes no mouth with uh, flaming wings going out to the sides um, appears in front of you and well, you can do a sanity roll for that. <laughs> 40. Um, I passed it, but barely. Okay. 1d6. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Just one. All right. So you have your wits about you when this thing appears, um, but it is going to charge at you, and it's not hesitating at all. Run away! Um, everybody around is, has dropped in sleep. Uh, the three of you outside um, do power rolls. Eighty-nine fail. Okay, Audrey, you're already asleep. So failed fifty-five. Uh, all right. So Munden and Patrick, you're both standing there. You feel this wave of fatigue. You suddenly find yourself falling to the ground and you're asleep as well. Mm. Um, Fuller, you're awake. Not for long. And this monster uh, is about to uh, run you down. Yeah, you said you, you run. You probably run screaming. Yeah, I'm going to try to drop the horn and get as far away from the horn as possible. Okay. Uh, you drop the horn on the ground. It, it clatters to the ground uh, as you run towards the doors of the museum. Um, but this thing is coming. And uh, as, it, uh, as you r go through the doors, uh, the doors aren't big enough for this thing to come through. And the front end of the museum where the doors are, blasts open as this Oops. thing tears its way out Oops. and begins chasing you, uh, you don't get far. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Um, without going to through everything, all these rules and stuff, there's no way you can survive this. Um, Half an hour or so goes by. Um, the rest of you begin to wake up. Uh, there are alarms going off. There are fire engines. There are police. 
the front end of the British Museum, it looks like a bomb has gone off. Uh, and there's somebody out in the front that has been smeared uh, down the steps and you're pretty sure it's fuller. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. <laughs> you can all do your uh, your sand rolls and we'll, uh, we'll pick up from there afterwards. I will pick up from there next week. I'm, and Fuller was the last one. He's the last one of the originals. Yeah. So we're all, yeah. Our players included David Gasway, Ford Fitch, Jason Melnichok, and Cherry Bryant with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The cost of all of the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find the link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and Call of the Google Little Clan game. Until next time, good luck. Good gaming.